The Fantasy Focus Football Podcast is presented by GEICO. Whether you rent or own, GEICO makes it easy to bundle home and auto insurance. Go to GEICO.com today. Fantasy, you're in the 06010. Fantasy, Fantasy Focus. Welcome to the Fantasy Focus Football Podcast. Monday, November 11th. Field and Matthew hanging out with you on a very special day. Of course, today marks Veterans Day, where we celebrate, I uh, really appreciate all those who have served, are currently serving, or will one day serve our country. The and most indispensable part of our great nation are those who are willing to dedicate their life to it and serving it, protecting our freedom, and doing more than most could ever reasonably imagine doing. Incredible sacrifice. I couldn't agree more, Field, and I would just like to add to that, in addition to those that have served, are currently serving, or will serve, I'd like also to extend that to their families. Because while we think about the men and women who uh, serve our country, the fact is, is that there are people at home. There are husbands and wives and brothers and sisters and daughters and and parents that also uh, have to sacrifice to be without their loved one, to to. Uh, uh, to, you know, to raise children on their own, to there's, it's a tremendous sacrifice for not just the people in the service, but their family members as well. And so I think it's important to uh, recognize and salute them as well. That includes, of course, our own Daniel Dopp. That is Daniel right. Daniel Dopp. Daniel Dopp. He yeah. and his brother both served our country. Daniel, we appreciate you daily for all that you do in this podcast and all that you brought to our great country. I appreciate you too, Field. Well, so Daniel spent six years yep. uh, and was in intelligence, was in the intelligence hence secret squirrel, hence secret squirrel. So a lot of people often ask where that nickname comes from. That's where it comes from is because those in the intelligence community correct often were nicknamed secret, secret squirrel. Squirrels. Yep. So uh, it is not unique to Daniel, but it's unique to us here on the 06010 podcast. Um, if you are interested, if you'd like to hear or read more about uh, Daniel's story. I wrote about it. Was it last year or two years ago? Last year? So last year, if you just look up, I think if you uh, Google love, hate Daniel Dopp, my suspicion is that's what will come up. That is accurate. That's what, that is what my mother tells me. Okay. Yes. Mama Dopp says so. Mama Dopp active on the Twitter. Go and by the me. way, yeah, shout out to Mama Dopp, who, uh, again, as we say, we, we, uh, we celebrate all the families of service men and women as well. So, uh, Mama Dop. What is her Twitter handle? I think Mama it's Dop Mama. Dop Mama. That's right. Dop Mama. Dop Mama. The inverse yeah. of Mama Dop. Mama. She's M-A-M-A. almost always, always in the Twitter chat if you want to have a uh, live conversation with her during the show. She watches every show. Aw. So, dedication to the cause right yeah, there. That's right. I love that. We, we I love, love Mama Dop. Dop Mama, and we love our very own Daniel Dop, who you can find on Twitter at Daniel Dop or on Instagram at Something to Break. So be sure to thank Daniel and every serviceman and woman and their families for their service today. It's not nearly enough, candidly. Just you know, saying thank you for your service, sending out a tweet, taking a couple minutes on a podcast field. It's not nearly enough to recognize uh, the sacrifices that you and everyone else have made, but it's the least we could do. No question about that. Rewind. Fantasy news from the National Football League. This is the instant replay. All right. So if you are sitting here watching the live stream, by the way, you may have noticed during a shot of Daniel Dopp that there is a cute as a button girl sitting in the behind the glass as well on the st- in the studio. And you may be wondering to yourself, who is that? Right. And we have you a guys, very You guys p- can't possibly appeal to any sort of younger demographic. That's right. Not with Barry as the host. That's but, correct. But we, we do have a special guest very in special studio. guest here today. Not Cool Keith is the father of three wonderful children, the yes. youngest of which is Allison, his only daughter. Hello, Allison. Hey again. Hello. Are you having fun here on at work with your dad today? Yeah. And Allison, how old are you again? Eight. Eight. And are you a football fan? Yeah. And you're a huge fan of which team? Browns. The Browns, yeah, just like your father. That makes it a lot of sense. And uh, what is your least favorite football team? Steelers. But what do you actually call them? Squealers. The Squealers! Right. How about that? The Pittsburgh Squealers. 
big game on Thursday night. I can tell Allison's going to be ready for that one. Yeah, Squealers Browns. How about I that? Allison, love that. a day off from school, I, having a daddy daughter day. That's, that's pretty awesome. cool. Listen, Very no cool. one loves daddy daughter day more than me. Allison, I'm curious what uh, what grade are you in? Third. You're in third grade. So wow. So you started you started early. I have eight year old daughters, but they're in second grade. We held them back a little bit. What's your favorite subject in school? Science. Science. Oh. Yeah. What yeah. do you like about science? Um I would say explosions. <laughs> I agree. Explosions are pretty sweet. Yeah. And I also learned before the show you do gymnastics, right, Allison? Yep. And what is, I saw you do a cartwheel earlier. What, what's like the coolest thing that you can do in gymnastics? Do you do the beam? Do you do the bars? What's your favorite part of gymna- type of gymnastics? The floor? Doing the vault. The vault? Whoa. I couldn't do that. No, he couldn't. Neither could I, to be honest. <laughs> very But I, I could, Field could do it worse than I could do, I feel. That's not very nice of him to say, is it? No. No. <laughs> Hey, Allison, when you're in school, do they teach you anything about like teamwork and and uh, and uh, you know how to how to uh, how to uh, be a good classmate and a good friend at school? Yeah. What's the What's the rule they teach you? To respect others the way you want to be treated. Oh, that's a good rule for There's you on Twitter, good. there, Field. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Just saying. Was the, have the Arizona Cardinals gotten into your mentions this morning or something? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying. Just, Jeez, I'm just saying for you. Spicy. I'm just saying for you. Well, let's ask oh, well. Allison one more question. Who's going to win on Thursday night, Allison? The Browns or the Squealers? <laughs> Answered like a true Browns fan. Win? Yeah. Squealers. What? What? Uh, okay. You know what, though, Allison? Allison? I have one I more agree. question for Could Allison. Okay. What's your last question? My last question is, how is is your daddy a good daddy? Yeah. Yeah, I bet he is. I bet he is. He's the best. best. We like him a lot here as well. So there you go. We love having Not Cool Keith on the show every day. Even on a day where he isn't technically supposed to be at work, he brings his daughter in, and hopefully we can provide her with an hour of entertainment. Yes. So let's get now to the football. Great job there by Allison. And we start our recap of Week 10, Matthew, in Tampa Bay. Allison is like 180 degrees from David Johnson. That's a and very good point. Allison did a great job. Allison outperformed expectations. David sure Johnson, did. not so much yeah. for Gates. David Johnson managed a robust zero fantasy points yesterday. Now, yeah. if you play in non-decimal scoring, he actually got you minus one in PPR. <laughs> yes, so he just did. a monster day from David Johnson. But Matthew, unlike that game a few weeks ago when he had just one touch, he played 30 snaps yesterday, so it's not like he was a total non-factor in terms of overall snaps. The problem was he was part of a work share, yep. and he was ineffective. Now, we knew that this Buccaneers run defense was really good. Yeah, we sure, had our sure. questions about whether he'd be able to run the football, but like, is this now a is this like a running back by committee situation in Arizona? Kenyon Drake played way more snaps than him. He got the first two running back touches of the game. He looked better. I mean, just I way outscored say, him. I was going to say, like, Forget numbers, forget everything. Just from the eye test. Yeah. Kenyon Drake looked good. Kenyon right. Drake looked like the guy we saw, you know, the week before against the 49ers. David Johnson looked like, who's that fat old guy? I, I mean, in all seriousness, like, I mean, like David Johnson, listen, I love David Johnson. You guys know this. Like he is, he has long been one of my favorite players in the NFL. Uh, he has been on the podcast as well. So I, I want to be clear. Like I am pro David Johnson. I'm a longtime David Johnson fan and supporter. He did not look like David Johnson yesterday. Like, and, and I think that's credit to David Johnson because he, he's clearly not 100% healthy. He got out there to try to gut it out. I don't know about he did, that though. He, he did full- not look like David Johnson. Well, but I don't have any reason to believe he's not close to 100% health. He was a full participant in practice all week. If he wasn't close to healthy, then they would just limit him all week. I, I think I, he's healthy. I think he just got think so? nullified yesterday. Healthy he enough looked, for it to not he, be the primary concern for me. I just felt like on runs he looked slow. He looked. Well, he, he, he didn't. I mean, yeah. right. But I mean, just like uh, uh, you know, just when he had the ball in his hands, he didn't look. He looked. He looked bigger than I'm. I'm used to seeing him look. He. I don't know. He didn't look like David Johnson to me. It's try. It's a tough one here. Here's why. Next up, they go to San Francisco. Yeah. The game is in San Francisco after they played him last week. We saw Kenyon Drake do work against the 49ers, but still. It's a good defense. Then they go on a bye. Then they play the Rams, which, you know, the Rams, I'm not quite sure what the defense is really made of. And then the Steelers, who are all of a sudden a really good defense. For the next four weeks, sure. 
which that means the final three weeks of the regular season plus the first weeks of the first week of the fantasy playoffs. I don't know what you do with David Johnson and Kenyon Drake for that matter. We're going to go week by week, obviously, but we are thinking after yesterday. If you have him on your team, I don't. I mean, you know, we'll see what the practice reports are. We'll see if anything comes out. I, I, I I hear you. I I know what the practice report said. I understand that. I'm just, I'm telling you from the eye test that didn't look anything close to the David Johnson. I remember even when he was in space. Like I'm not even saying like that. Hey, he was bottled up or anything like that. He just. He, you know, and whether it's because he's coming back from injury and maybe it just takes a game or two. I mean, again, we saw it with Melvin Gordon, right? It it took a few weeks, but Melvin Gordon finally looked like Melvin Gordon. Right. So, like, David Johnson's too young and too talented to be this ineffective. Like, it'll get better. The question is when, and does it get better in time for the fantasy playoffs? And if you're sitting there and you're you're five and five after this week, or you're six and four, and you're in the middle of a playoff run, like, how much do you trust him? And I don't. I think the answer is you can't trust him that much. Like no. if I could get, if I could get seventy five or eighty percent, eighty cents on the dollar for David Johnson right now, based on name recognition, I would do it in a heartbeat. Yeah, I think so too. I'm starting to get pretty nervous about this one because you have to wonder too if eventually they take the long view of this and say, "Hey, listen, let's say this injury does linger or it is a problem. Maybe it's more of a problem than I'm giving you credit for right now." You've got Kenyon Drake. Yeah. You can just rely on him. Rely on him down the stretch if David Johnson is not healthy enough to go. A running back that's making a ton of money and still has, I believe, two more years in his contract after this. You might take a long view with David Johnson. Especially given that we expect, the current expectation is that Chase Edmonds will be back this week. I've seen some reports on that. We'll see. We'll see. Pot- how, potentially. But potentially least. at least. Yeah. It's, 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 it's in the mix there. And look, the Cardinals aren't going to the playoffs this year. Like the, the last three games have not, since I got into that, to, uh, you know, listen, I'm not saying it's cause. I'm not saying it's not. I'm just saying that since the Cardinals came after fan, since the the Cardinals' official Twitter handle came after fantasy managers, they're zero and three. Is karma a thing? You tell me. I, say, this, I don't know. They, they were on a three game. They were on a three game win streak. They were on a three game win streak. They came after fantasy managers. They trolled fantasy football nation. I had a few words with them, and since that time, they're now zero and three. You tell me. Is cause or causation? I don't know. Yeah, I would say I, that, I can, that's a win I, uh, for the. I'm yeah. not saying. I'm just saying that's a win for TMR right there. One Fantasy more. karma is undefeated. Well, I'm just more, saying. One more cardinal note, Matthew, is that yesterday Christian Kirk actually had his first receiving touchdown of the season, and then Dang he added Maggies. two more, six for 138 with three touchdowns. He's got ten or more targets in four of seven games. Like, do we just, if, if you have Christian Kirk in your lineup and he's healthy, do you just play him regardless of matchup because the volume is so good and the talent is good enough that I understand touchdowns were fleeting, literally, up until yesterday, but you saw the immense upside of a player that they've got a lot invested in and could be the centerpiece of their offense, at least in the passing game, when Larry Fitzgerald eventually retires. There's no question about that. He's gotten a red zone target in six of seven games so far this year, so you're confident about that. And look, this was a perfect matchup against Tampa Bay that, you know, obviously has a brutal secondary. But, you know, look, he since he returned in week eight, right, he's actually started to line up some on the perimeter as well. Five for 123 and two touchdowns on eight targets when he's lined up out wide, which is exciting. And, you know, they go four wide a decent amount as well. Rest of the season, I would if if asking me to pick a Cardinals pass catcher, I would prefer Christian Kirk to Larry Fitzgerald. Oh, for sure, and I've been there for a while. I think sure, we've all of course, been there yeah. for a while, right? And so Christian Kirk was a. We talked him up on fantasy football. Now he was a top twelve play for a lot of us, uh, I, I believe, including you and I uh, this week. And so that ended up working out. San Francisco is not ideal, obviously, in the bye, and you, we mentioned the schedule: Niners bye, Rams, Steelers. But given the volume of passing that the Cardinals do and the expectation is they'll be down in decent number of games, especially if David Johnson isn't being effect- as effective as he has, they're going to find different ways to move the ball. And so, yeah, I mean, I think he's a wide receiver three and he's more of a wide receiver two in the right matchup. But after this game, I don't know how you bench him. Well, the, the only thing I'll say, and we just mentioned it with David Johnson, is that schedule is even more perilous as it pertains to pass, sure, pass catchers, right? I mean, San Francisco by Rams, Steelers. That's an impressive set of defenses they're about to face. That being said, you have to feel good about the volume there and the talent. Let's move forward to Kareem Hunt because he made his season debut yesterday for the Browns. And Matthew, uh, one of my thoughts during the week last week was that what I was hopeful for was not— I like the fact, by the way, that I like that you keep track of your thoughts during the week. Okay. One of my thoughts during the week, like like as if you've got a bunch of thoughts and you write them down. Like when you have a thought, you're like, you know what? This is a thought that I'm having. 
and you just sort of write it down. Okay, I could have said, what are my calls of the week? Whatever. Would you rather have I called it a call? Sure. Okay. But I just, it, actually, no. The... I like that you called it a thought okay. because then I could make fun of you. What of my thoughts during the week yeah. was that Field's thoughts. maybe that be thoughts segment. from the field. Thoughts from the field. I like it. Yeah. I'm on board with that. Figure out some. We need some sort of sounder or something like that. Thoughts, thoughts from, from the, the field. field. Well, a thought from so, the field oh, last week yes, was sir. that when Kareem Hunt made his Browns debut, yeah. it would not come at the cost of Nick Chubb. I was hoping they'd follow the Green Bay model. And yesterday, they followed the Green Bay yeah. model. Aaron Jones, Nick Chubb, Jamal Williams, Kareem Hunt. It's not exactly a carbon copy, but the idea was that Kareem Hunt could see some work on his own, like with without Nick Chubb on the field, but he could also see plenty of work on the field at the same time as Nick Chubb. And And yesterday, there he was, four carries for 30 yards, which doesn't blow you away. He had nine targets. He had seven catches yesterday, 14.4 fantasy points. He actually outscored Nick Chubb, despite the fact that Chubb had 22 touches. And kudos to you, by the way. At the start of fantasy football now, we each did like kind of a long shot and a a bold prediction. And your bold prediction yesterday was double-digit fantasy points for Kareem Hunt. You know, you said 10 fantasy points for Kareem Hunt went even better, 14.4. And I think given the uncertainty about his role, uh, very nice call by you. Certainly worked out. wasn't the sauciest of calls I conceded. But still, the idea that like some people wanted to wait a week for Kareem Hunt, they wanted to see him earn their way into I, that it. That was my call, yeah. And I felt like, you know, there there had to be, for as little confidence as the Browns coaching staff has inspired in terms of maximizing playmakers this year, sure. they actually did a nice job yesterday with Kareem Hunt, which makes me think, Matthew, that he is kind of comparable to Jamal Williams again going forward. Now, I think he's a more talented player, obviously. Sure, of course. But I think that Kareem Hunt, and again, the Browns, we now have, what, eight teams left to have their bye. The Browns have already had theirs. Like, I think yep. he'll be somewhere between 20 and 30, my running back ranks each week, depending on who they're playing against. Yeah, I think that's right. Look, you know, six teams were on a bye last week, so the, the pickings were a little bit slim. Buffalo did a real nice job in shutting down Odell Beckham Jr., so looking for other opportunities to sort of move the ball. And they did a nice job bottling up Nick Chubb, as as you mentioned, you know, to the extent that you can. And so I think that was partially it, just sort of looking around and trying to find it. But there, it was clear that they that they had a design in mind. To how can we get Kareem Hunt involved and in touching the ball, knowing how explosive a player he is? And that's clearly what they did. And if this is what he does in his first game back, you have to be excited moving forward. Very much a viable flex play moving forward with it, upside for more. It, it didn't quite cash in, but Odell Beckham Jr., if you watched this game yesterday, yeah, sure. the Browns were intent on getting him the football. 100%. He had 12 targets. and Including when, some in the end zone like correct. they tried. Not yep. only that, but in the NFL, you're not credited with a target if a penalty is called on the play. So Odell had two separate throws to him in the end zone where he was basically tackled. Yes. So neither of those is credited as an end zone target or a target, period. They tried everything they could to do two things. One, get Odell Beckham Jr. the football in the end zone. Two, find a way to not score from the two-yard line. But 31% 31 target share in Week 10. You compare that with a 22% target share Weeks 5 through 9. So a clear increase in, in attempts to get him the ball now seven straight games without a touchdown. As that part's, uh, un, that part's unnerving. It's it's unnerving. I would just say this: if you, like been, I, I, I forget. Uh, our our friend DJ Gallo noticed um, mentioned this on uh, Twitter, and I retweeted it that uh, Minka Fitzpatrick, the defensive back, yeah. has more touchdowns this year than Odell Beckham Jr. Sounds about right. Um, Christian Kirk scored it. three times as many touchdowns in one week as Odell Beckham Jr. has scored this year. But so what I would say for Odell is that not obviously listen. You wanted the touchdown, of course. Sure. Uh, we can decide whether the Steelers are a massive disadvantage for opposing wide receivers, but Mike Clay has potential has continually harped on weeks 11 through 17 as being more generous for Odell than the first 10 weeks of his schedule. Right. The schedule lightens up. If you have been riding the wave of Odell, Gotta then keep your hope him. is that, like, hey, maybe they turned a corner. Maybe they had a long, hard look in the mirror, and they realized that even if it comes, comes at the cost of efficiency elsewhere— Let's just use our best playmakers. The ball needs to be in the hands of Odell, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, and Jarvis Landry. Yeah. And if, if Rashard Higgins has a game-winning touchdown because there's so much tension going somewhere else, great. whatever. Yeah. But for the most part, it's going to be 
those four guys as it should be. I yeah. I basically I just want you to know that like I primed the pump for the OBJ release. Like I knew it wasn't coming this yeah. week, but I knew it was it was it was definitely like a you know. So you're 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 calling it this week, maybe. I'm calling it this week. Okay, good. Do you want to do it right now? Or you want to wait till Thursday? I'm gonna wait till Thursday. Okay, Thursday. They play on Thursday night. Let's do it on Thursday. So yeah. let's get to the next segment, so, which is and they and they play Pittsburgh on Thursday night. It's a short week, and then just you mentioned the schedule very quickly. So after the Steelers on Thursday, they've got ten days to prepare for a home game against the Dolphins. Then they're at the Steelers again. Then they're home to Cincinnati. So certainly next door. They have two good. matches with the Bengals. Actually, Do I, is that right? Yeah, two more matches with the Bengals. They have yeah. the Dolphins. And depending on what you think on the Steelers secondary, because yesterday they were really good, and previous weeks they were not so great. Um, squealers, squealers. That's right. They're, Sorry, they're, Allison. They are the they are the they are the squealers. Not cool, she Keith. May not you uh, pay attention anymore. Not yeah. cool, Keith. You uh, neither am I. Yeah. Uh, hey, are you, <laughs> Keith, not cool, Keith. You uh, you agree with uh, our assessment of the Browns? Your thoughts on yeah. that game? No, I think the way you broke it down was exactly how I saw it. They definitely seemed to put a lot more attention into making sure that OBJ was getting uh, touches and obviously didn't play out statistically. But, yes, I was really happy with the way they approached it. Obviously, down at the goal line, they just need to have better play calling. I don't know why you don't – why bring all 11 guys in tight. <laughs> Spread them out. Make it eight-on-eight eight football. Easy yeah. to give yourself a chance. Keith, it was analysis paralysis, right? They overthought yeah. it too much. That yeah. happens frequently in coaching. I'm not surprised that it happened yesterday. It will continue to happen going forward. Let's play some something or nothing, Matthew. Yes, some players that surprisingly had monster days yesterday, and do we think it amounts to something, or do we think that maybe not so much? Let's begin with Darius Slayton, who had 10 catches for 121 yards and two touchdowns, twice as many as Odell Beckham has all season. He has multiple touchdowns receptions for the second time in his past three games. He is a big play waiting to happen. He's yeah. plenty of speed. Sterling Shepard is currently out with a concussion. Something or nothing here for the speedy fifth-round pick out of Auburn, factoring in that the Giants do go on a bye this upcoming week. They do. So can I choose both? Sure. I think so here's what I will say. I So something, it is both something and it is nothing. Right. It is something in this sense. Kid's a talented player. Like, forget anything else. Just like you watch the kid, like, he can play. They found something. The Giants found something in Darius Slayton. So, like, just an impressive young man uh, on the football field, uh, you know, making making contested catches, making sidelines with, you know, the toe taps. Like, he just, he's an impressive young man just on the football field. So I would say it is something from that sense. And also you mentioned Sterling Shepard out. So, look, Sterling Shepard, look, we hope for the best. It does not feel like he's coming back anytime soon. Does the, if you read the tea leaves, that we don't I mean, know. There are there are people in New York who cover the team diligently who are asking, saying like some of his teammates wonder if he should ever play football again. Right, which it's is scary. Awful. And you and, certainly right. want the best for for Sterling and his health first. Scary yeah. thought. Scary thought. Very scary thought. But given the way the season has gone for the Giants, the expectation is is that it's it's going to be later rather than sooner that we see Sterling Shepard back on a football field. So there's opportunity there for Darius Slayton, who certainly made a name for himself and certainly seems to have a connection with Daniel Jones. It is nothing, I believe, because of, you mentioned their schedule, so they're on a bye this week, yep. then they're at Chicago, home to Green Bay at Philadelphia. So you don't like the next two weeks, Green Bay and Philadelphia don't scare you as much. But, um, but remember, Evan Ingram didn't play in this game either. And Saquon Barkley did nothing in this game, and you have to expect that if you're thinking about this team in terms of pass catchers on this team, that in a general week with with full health, that at best Darius Slayton is fourth after after Barkley, Ingram, Golden Tate, and so look, he he had the two touchdown game a couple weeks ago, but then you know week eight he had two, he, you know week eight he had the two touchdowns uh, against the Giants, but did nothing like. In between in week nine. Right. It's just, so it's very up and down. So here's what I'll say. And I'm going to tie this into Daniel Jones because my logic applies to both of these players. Yep. Daniel Jones yesterday had 308 passing yards, three passing touchdowns, added 20 rushing yards, 30.3 fantasy points. He was great. Third time that Daniel Jones has been a good spot this year for fantasy. Wait a minute. I, didn't, I think he had four delivered. touchdown passes. Oh, he may have had four. He had four. He had, he had two to Golden Tate and two to, uh, two to Darius apologies. I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, four passing touchdowns right. yesterday yep. for Daniel Jones. The, 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 I'm going to use the same logic as I think it applies here. The upcoming schedule that you alluded to, the bye, and then Chicago, and then Green Bay, and then Philly. But look at the playoff schedule. for the Oh, Giants. yeah. The Giants' playoff schedule. At Philly, home to Miami. At Washington, home to Philly. Unbelievable. So, we are now two weeks away from byes being a thing of the past, Matthew. 
some lineups, some teams may have already basically had every player of consequence go through his respective buy, right? I mean, there's certainly some teams that are going to, I mean, you're going to have to do with Patrick Mahomes coming up on a buy and things like that. But if you're somebody that has seen the bulk of your roster go through a buy, especially your star players go through a buy, I don't hate the idea of adding either Darius Slayton or Daniel Jones, especially if you have a sticky quarterback situation right now. Sure, sure. Because when you get to that playoff schedule, if this continues, especially if Dar- especially Daniel Jones, I should say, because Jones you know, has been good three separate times against bad teams, then you might have players that you could insert into your lineups in the playoffs. And I know you're saying, like, you're really going to start Daniel Jones in the playoffs. Well, look at some of the quarterbacks that have been less than we expected. Yeah, I mean, Drew Brees sure. laid an egg against the Falcons yesterday. Craziness. Like, so things can, weird stuff happens in fantasy football. Like maybe you're concerned. I'm not saying you're going to bench Patrick Mahomes, but the Chiefs have a very difficult schedule in the playoffs. The Saints have a very difficult schedule in the but, playoffs. And there are certain there guys are certain, who have been inconsistent. Certain, yeah, you don't feel great about Baker Mayfield. You what don't if feel, you, Russell you, Wilson struggles tonight against the, the 49ers? Yeah. They play have a chance to play them again. You could be like, whoa. You know, what are Carson you do there? Wentz hasn't been what you drafted right. him to be. I, so it's, it's not totally inconceivable that your quarterback could be less than what you've expected so far. Right. So Ryan Tannehill, speaking of quarterbacks. That Tom, called, Brady. Tom, Tom Brady. Tom Brady, for all his greatness, if you look at what his numbers are in the fantasy playoffs, they tend to go more run-heavy as it gets close. Like he right. has never been, at least in recent memory, he's never been a huge fantasy star during the fantasy playoffs, as great as Tom Brady is. And so... You could certainly see a scenario in which Daniel Jones will have value during the fantasy playoffs in addition to Darius Slayton. Two more quarterbacks here, Matthew, because, again, sort of same idea. Ryan Tannehill and Kyle Allen. Tannehill goes for 18.9 fantasy points. They're now 3-1 and one in games he started. Now, he's uh, heads on to a bye. Obviously, a massive win yesterday over Kansas City. Huge. Kyle Allen throws for 300-plus yards, just 13.5 fantasy points, but... He's a starter for a long time as Cam Newton's been placed on injured reserve. Kyle Allen plays the Falcons next week. Yeah. Something or nothing for either one of these players because is, has Tannehill been good enough that you could roster him for a week before he even plays and then throw him into your lineup? And same deal for Kyle Allen. Like, Should Kyle Allen be a streaming option for you in week 11 with, again, four more quarterbacks on a bye, not... I'm trying to think off the top of my head, but not as many of like the top quarterbacks. But still, you've got guys like Kyler Murray on a bye this week. I'm sorry, not this week. Maybe next week. Um, but anyways, Aaron Rodgers on a bye, amongst other players. There's some good players on a bye this week. Uh, yes. And so I'm going to say something for both these guys. Ryan Tannehill's been a revelation. And you know, I mean, it's it continues to just make Marcus Mariota and his struggles look worse and worse and worse. But Tannehill's look good. Like, since... uh. Since his in the last four games, he's the tenth best quarterback in fantasy on a per game basis. Yeah, he's a top ten fantasy. Yeah, yeah, he's a top ten fantasy quarterback over the last four weeks on a point per game basis, averaging over twenty fantasy points per game. And and you know you've mentioned this before. We've talked about this. People forget that Ryan Tannehill started his career at Texas A and M as a wide receiver. He's much more mobile than I think he sort of gets credit for. Seven for seventy five and a touchdown over the last two weeks, just with his legs. And so, yeah, we like. That's a hell of a win for Tennessee. That's a hell of a win for them against the Kansas City Chiefs. And Tannehill with no Corey Davis in this game, no Delaney Walker in this game. Pretty impressive, huh? You know, especially when you think about how run-heavy they want to be. Like, yes, I think Tannehill is is a viable streamer this week and going forward. And Not this it, week. Tannehill's on well, a bye. Well, he's on a bye, but I'm yep. just saying, like, and same with Kyle Allen. Like, again. Well, I like Kyle Allen this week against Atlanta. I know yeah, Tannehill was way better, obviously, yeah. yesterday, but. Believe it or not, not going to buy into the Falcons being like, you know, this reformed defense after just one game. Yeah, I'm not either. Uh, you know, so Kyle Allen, like, I mean, Kyle Allen, I, look, they want, they lost that game to the Packers, but I was impressed as hell out with Kyle Allen, like getting no protection whatsoever on the road at Lambeau, snowing, Snow, yeah. bad conditions, like, you know, and I thought some interesting play calling feel, you know, maybe I'm looking at this too much from a fantasy perspective, but I'm just like, why are you not dumping off and why are you not dumping it off to the most explosive player in the NFL right now? Like, yeah. like, you know, like, I don't know. It, it felt like they could have involved McCaffrey more, especially on that last drive, but whatever. Uh, Kyle Allen is, you know, listen, you, you wish he was a little bit more accurate at times, but given the conditions yesterday, like, He's a gutty kid. He's made like I, I, what eight starts in his career. Like I'm, I'm, in, I'm actually encouraged. And I'm with you here. I'm encouraged I, by the overall. I, look, I, one of the I listen. I've made good calls and bad calls. I believe one of my best calls of the year 
was when Cam Newton was out, the very first thing I said, guys, Kyle Allen can play. You guys, like, and I was just like, he's going to be a lot better than you think he is. And I had him as a love that first week against Arizona. Like, Kyle Allen can play. Like, I'm, uh, you know, I, I think the... I think the Carolina Panthers have a decision to make this offseason. They sure do. We'll get into that much more as we get closer to but, the end of the season. But I like Kyle Allen as a streamer. I agree with you. I, I think both things are something. Tannehill and Kyle Allen, depending on what your needs are this week or for the future, I think are both are viable pickups. You know that fantasy football feeling when the excitement of a new week builds? Your flex, you flex your analytical skills by poring over stats, studying charts, and trying to spot trends. But what if I told you that you could use those skills to invest and feel that same sense of anticipation every day? TD Ameritrade thinks you can. That's because a lot of those same analytical skills you use to set your lineup can help you build a portfolio. Not to mention, TD Ameritrade has all the education and investing tools you need to feel confident when you take the trading floor. There's paper money so you can practice trading risk-free. There's charting to help you spot trends in the market. And they'll even create an investing training plan that's unique to you and your needs, complete with exclusive videos, webcasts, and courses. Just visit tdameritrade.com slash fantasy to get started. Member SIPC. Unfortunately for the Falcons, during a dominant win over the Saints, running back Devontae Freeman gets injured with what is called a foot issue for now. We do not, and this is 10.30 on the East Coast on Monday, know the severity of Devontae Freeman's foot injury. But we do know that Brian Hill is the next man up. Brian Hill had 20 carries for 61 yards, 10-yard touchdown reception as well. Hill, for those unfamiliar, was a former fifth-round pick out of Wyoming who started his career with the Falcons, got waived, claimed by the Bengals, waived by the Bengals, claimed again by the Falcons. In a world in which Devontae Freeman misses time, Matthew, is Brian Hill an RB2? Is he a... Yes. I was a flex play. RB2? I think so. It, yeah. Look, it's a good offense. The struggles that Atlanta has had this year has been defensive. Right. You know, they've been able to move the ball fairly effectively. And so with Edo Smith on IR, yep. if Devontae Freeman... You know, we talked about him a little bit uh, last week as well. This is kind of an interesting pickup if you follow social media over the weekend. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, Brian Hill's going to be the guy. Uh, you know, I was encouraged by the fact that he caught the touchdown pass. It's one play, whatever. But the fact that he could be he could be used as a three-down back, that they're comfortable throwing him the ball, that he's a decent pass catcher as well. It's, it's a pretty thin depth chart after Brian Hill. My expectation, might have to make a move there. Yeah. I, my expectation is they might, they'll sign somebody or maybe they'll promote somebody, someone you know, from the practice whatever, squad, but something like that. Yep. My expectation is that if Devontae Freeman is to miss some time here, and we don't know as we record this Monday morning at uh, 10.32 a.m., we don't know the extent of the injury, but if he were to miss some time, I would think Brian Hill would be your number one pickup on your free agent finds column. It is. We are at the juncture of the season, by the way, for those just as a message, sort of like a PSA, where free agent finds is not quite the same column as it was in week three. Right now, Injuries can certainly change things, but most of the players that we've been pounding the table for for several weeks have either crossed the 50% threshold or things have changed for them. But yes, Brian Hill currently listed as my number one waiver ad of the week, a player that just based off of opportunity alone has a chance that, you know, this is 20 or so carries. This is the same sort of workload you can expect, you could have expected out of Mark Walton, just in a better, more efficient offense with more chances for a touchdown I for mean, Brian Hill. 20 for 61 probably doesn't look great. It does not. But... 20 the is the number I'm more concerned with. Well, sure. I mean, on, exactly. I mean, again, 20 for 61 probably doesn't look great, but you have to understand, the Saints are a really good defense, despite what happened yesterday. Like, the Saints are a very good defense, yep. and so, I don't know, getting 61 yards, you know, in a game that you weren't expected to do much against the Saints, like, You'll yes, I, I agree with you. I'm much more encouraged by 20 versus a 61, and they obviously they had the lead in this game, but still, yes, I would think that. If Freeman misses time, Hill is your number one pickup. So Ronald Jones had his best game as a receiver yesterday in the NFL. 11 carries for 29 yards with a touchdown, but 8 catches for 77 yards, which means 22.6 fantasy points for Rojo. Eye test tells you it's a changed player. He certainly looks much, much more confident this year, Matthew. Are we trusting Ronald Jones now? I think sort of, kind of. Yeah. yeah, to the extent you trust anyone in the Buccaneers' Bucks offense, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, well, you the, trust Evans and Godwin, obviously, right, right, but right, right. yeah, in the in certainly in the backfield, 
I mean, the the eight catches for 77 yards is what really caught my eye because that's always been a part of his game that he had eight catches coming into the game for the whole season. Right. And so that's never been a big part of, of a Bruce Arians offense either, by the way. It's always been much more about downfield passing. And so dumping off to the running back, like David Johnson had some good years under Bruce. Yes, obviously. I mean, it's weird. I don't, I don't think of David Johnson as like a human. I mean, like he's not like a normal. I'm just saying, like when he we have David Johnson. Tough day with David Johnson for you right now, huh? No, I, no, I mean just I, I mean it like David Johnson was so inhuman, was so unbelievable in his years with Bruce. You know what I mean? Like I just like he's an outlier, right. is what I mean, just okay. because he's Fair so enough. phenomenally talented. That's what I mean. Yep. Um. Uh. But other than David Johnson, you haven't seen it a ton. Uh. Anyway, the the fact is, we certainly haven't seen it with Tampa Bay this year, and so it's it was certainly nice to see with with Ronald Jones. He's now scored in three of his past four, two of the last three. I'm sorry, each of the last two games and three of the last four, he scored a rushing touchdown. And so, yeah, you know, Bruce Arians this week sort of said like, hey, I think Ronald Jones deserves more opportunity. And certainly in terms of total touches, he got it in this game, a game in which the Buccaneers won. They did. They won this game. It was uh, it was actually a very entertaining game. Yes. Um, this is a game kind of reminds me of like the random NBA game that goes like 132 to 128, even if it features like yeah. two of the worst teams in the NBA. Important win for Tampa Bay, snapping that four-game loss. But Matthew, sort of a fantasy go situation here. O.J. Howard yeah. had four catches for 47 yards and a touchdown. Now, he also played against the Arizona Cardinals. Right. Who have been, I mean, like, historically poor defending tight ends so far this they year. They have been. Basically, every notable category in tight end stats, they are the worst in the NFL. Now, I'm, I've am i long said this. Like I think sometimes tight end stats need to take it with a grain of salt because there are so few capable tight ends. But they've even made less than capable tight ends look awesome. Here's the difference. O.J. Howard is good. Like yes. this is what he should be doing. We should not sure. be surprised by four for forty-seven with a touchdown for OJ Howard. Yeah, no, he's Did the he eighth different. He's the eighth different tight end to score over eleven fantasy points against the Arizona Cardinals so far this year. Still has yet to have more than four catches in a game so far this year. Just one game with fifty or more receiving yards. I think. Look, it's encouraging. And that he did what a tight end should do against the Arizona Cardinals. Right, he was productive, but. We need to see more of it. Now, the tight end position is so desolate that he's certainly worth picking up. I would assume he makes your free agent finds does, And I say in there, I just, you know, like, listen, I, it's not that I'm saying you have to start him because of what he did this past week. It's more that if this is part Arizona Cardinals defense and part he's now healthy and the Cardinals, I'm sorry, the Buccaneers have messaged something to him that, like, we need you and you are going to be the guy at this position going forward then that part might be more important and might eventually earn him into your lineup every single week. Home to New Orleans, at Atlanta, at Jacksonville, home to Indy. It's actually not a bad schedule for tight ends yeah. coming up. And so... Uh, they had their bye, which is important, too. Right. Like you're, you're looking at players right now that you're going to have to factor one week of them not playing for the next two, and he's not one of them. We're going to come back and talk about a player who had zero fantasy points, but we found out it's going to happen 90 minutes before the game begins. But first... A message from the Fantasy Show. Fantasy, you're in the 06010. The Chiefs fall to the Titans yesterday, but before the game, LaShawn McCoy was announced as an inactive. The initial interpretation of that, at least from my view, Matthew, was oh, the fumble a couple weeks ago, the ineffectiveness since. They have benched LaShawn McCoy, and then next thing you know, maybe five minutes or so later, several of the reporters at the game all got the same message. A lot of tweets saying, I'm told th- I'm told this is a rest game. So clearly the Chiefs worked hard, or I don't know, somebody worked hard to make sure that it was clear this was a rest opportunity for LaShawn McCoy. Some load management, if you will. But are you buying that, Matthew? Do you think that the Chiefs would actually rest LaShawn McCoy? This feel, I mean, honestly, I... And I'm, I, I haven't thought too much about this, but can you recall a player being rested in an NFL game when it wasn't like week 15, 16, or 17? It's a, it's a There's super, still a lot to play for. So Adam Teich, who covers the Chiefs for us here at ESPN, tweeted this, um, you know, about right after uh, it was announced that he was a healthy scratch. Okay. LaShawn McCoy being inactive is due to three factors. His fumbling problem, 
Damian Williams is healthy and playing better, and the Chiefs desire to get Darwin Thompson into the playing rotation. Now, that is so that is what I bought into. Right, I me too. But then, yes, to your point, a lot of other a lot of other reporters that cover the team tweeted out the the fact that yes, this was a this was an expected rest Matt, like, day. Like, think about it's this, bizarre though. to me. There's they were six and three. Like it'd be one thing if you were you know if 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 you were the the four ers and you're eight zero and the rest of your division stinks. But like right now, if the play and I know they don't, but the playoffs began today. The Chiefs will be the fourth seed in the AFC. Like yeah. this is not like this is no. Not, and this is a tough road game yeah, on the bizarre. road at Tennessee. Well, and again, I'm not trying. And to, by the way, Darwin Thompson, I believe, got one carry. Yeah, uh, I think he had two total touches yesterday. Maybe one carry. Yes. So right now, Matthew. So maybe, maybe, maybe next week they bounce back, and he is or uh, next Monday night he'll be playing. But that's a Monday night football game. There's a lot of risk right now. So I think, um, I think right now I don't feel prepared to make a full on assessment of Lashawn McCoy's status until we hear more from Andy Reid, probably starting Thursday of this week when they're back into their preparation for the Chargers. Yeah, they play the Rams in Mexico City yep, on course. Monday Night Football, so that'll be a, that should be a real fun one. Well, one thing that's become clear, though, at least over the past couple of weeks, is that this is Damian Williams' job right now. Yeah. I say right now, very, very specifically. Well, because here's the thing. He had a fumble that was returned for a touchdown in a game they lost. Yeah. Now, now they went right back to Damian Williams, but LaShawn McCoy wasn't active. So, yep. I mean, maybe there's some, like, if you want to hang your hat on anything, the a positive note would be the fact that Daryl Williams was active for this game, and they like Daryl Williams. I mean, Daryl Williams, when Williams and McCoy were a little bit banged up earlier in the year, got some decent runs. So if it was a doghouse situation, you know, they might not have gone immediately back to Damian Williams, which they did. Right. It's interesting. It's, and, it's a really interesting. And I don't know. That, I mean, listen, yeah. But here's the, the difference. Losing between... the fumble and it being returned for touchdown, obviously, is brutal. But that's not why the Chiefs lost that game. It's it's one of the factors, sure, but one like, of the reasons. right? But their right. defense let them down. So just to put a pin on this, Matthew, last year it was it doesn't matter who plays in the Chiefs' backfield; that player is going to have huge fantasy value. Right. This year it does matter. They're averaging just twenty two point eight fantasy points per game this season. Chiefs running all backs. Chiefs running backs. Yeah, yeah. So it's so going to get one guy. Clarity. You need clarity. Yeah. And right now the clearest picture suggests it's Damian Williams' job, but. After that fumble yesterday, who's to say LaShawn McCoy won't get right back into the fray next week? This is a just a tricky one for right now. He is a shaky but filled with upside RB2 right. is what what he is right now. And when my ranks come out, and I'm sure same as you, I will have Damian Williams ranked the highest of any Kansas City Chiefs running back and by a significant margin. Right, And I will, by the way. I will have LaShawn McCoy ranked. I will take them at their at their word that he is. this is a true rest game. He'll be back in the lineup next week. What a, but here's the weird part. It's, it's weird. Because I'm just... If that were the case, why not dress him and just not play him? Because you never know. Like, I mean, somebody gets hurt. That you know, like, like what if Damian Williams had gotten hurt? Then you're just going with Daryl Williams and Darwin game. Thompson. Yeah. Like, I mean, numbers game. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, it's weird. He's not going to play special teams. So you're right. like, all right. right. But let's move along to some clunkers. Weird, it's a weird one to us. And I will say that if you have Lashawn McCoy on your team, you cannot be feeling good right about now. You drop him. I wouldn't have a problem. Like, if yeah. I saw, let me put it this way. If I saw LaShawn McCoy on my waiver wire in one of my leagues, I'm not picking him up. Right. If you could drop LaShawn McCoy to add Brian Hill, would you do it? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Matthew, you agree? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. Yeah. So uh, I, I, so I guess my point is, is well, that he's a week to week, right? I mean, let's say he, let's just imagine quickly if he has a great game next week, who's to say they won't pull the plug after the bye, right? Because they have a bye in week 12, by the way. All right, Matthew, we had a bunch of clunkers yesterday. Uh, if they are nothing to you, then you just move along. If they are something to you, let me have it. It was, it was, I want to say this to America. If you had a bad fantasy day yesterday, You're I not think alone. You, you should, not only are you not alone, but you should feel good about yourself, actually, because it means you probably have a very good team because not a lot of superstars, uh, showed well, let's up. Let's get to it. I mean, look, I mean, I have a, I have a team where I, I got my, my butt kicked. Right. And the guy started Christian Kirk and Darius Slayton against me. Yeah. Like, and I had, I had Cooper Cup, my little Cooper Cup on that. Uh, so let's, on get, that let's just get to these. So Matthew let's get to it. Then. But All what right, is, so. here's my question for you. What is more shocking? What is the most shocking thing? Because a couple of things that that's were absolutely, so Cooper Cup, Cooper Cup with zero fantasy points Correct. That's against it. the Steelers. It's not even, close. it's not even, it's, not even, it's 
100%. Is it that or is it Drew Brees attempting 45 pass attempts against no. a one in seven team at home? Zero they were, the Saints were at home pitches. against a one in seven team with right. one of the worst defenses in the NFL and Drew Brees throws the ball 45 times and doesn't did score you do, a did touchdown. Did you hear yourself? Zero catches. Cooper Cup, who entered the NF, who entered week 10 with a top five target share so far this year, yeah. who entered the week as I believe the fifth best wide receiver in fantasy, who is coming off of a game in which he had 200 plus yards. Good news, bad news. Cooper Cup is averaging over 100 yards per game in his last two outings. Bad news. He had zero on Sunday. Right. Zero against the Steelers, who for years, have struggled against slot we, we receivers. Need, I think we need to put that narrative to bed a little bit because they've been much better in recent weeks. They just have much been much better across the board defensively. Maybe we need that to is, sort of that fade is, that is true. the Steelers slot narrative a bit. But okay, so here we go. Saquon Barkley, 8.1 fantasy points. Matthew had 13 carries for one yard. He had negative 13 yards before contact yesterday. This Giants offensive line is a disaster right now. Does it mean anything for Saquon going forward? Or is it just that, hey... As much as we thought he had, he was the clear-cut RB1 coming into the season, he's more like RB5. I think that's right. So right now he's averaging 16.7 fantasy points per game. He's running back 11 on a points-per-game basis, which is still very viable and useful. Of course. Just not what you spent the number one overall pick on, right? Yep. If you had to do it over again, you'd take Christian McCaffrey number one overall. And so his upcoming schedule, look, they're on a bye this week. You hope basically Pat Shermer you know, digs down and tries to figure out what they can do to get him into space. You don't love the schedule, right? So it, it's a bye, and then it's at Chicago. Right. Home to Green Bay. That's a little bit better. At Philadelphia, which has struggled recently against the run, was good early on, struggled recently against the run. Maybe by that time they're a little bit healthier on the defensive line. Hopefully they've gotten some things figured out. So you don't love the schedule, but yes, I don't know that there's much you can do. I'm not... It's going to be tough to sell Saquon Barkley, you know, to try to trade him. I think you're just rolling him out there. You just have to level set expectations. Cooper Cup yesterday, we talked about it. Zero not catches. Yeah, Matthew's little Cooper Cup. Zero. Still my little Cooper Cup. Sure I'm still, that? I'm still, yep. I'm not bailing after one game. Still so my little Cooper Cup. He's been a bit Jekyll and Hyde so far this year. He's got four games inside the top 10. That's good. Also got four games outside the top 30, Matthew. But again, is it just accepting the reality that some weeks are not going to be as good as others and understanding that there may never be a game again in this career where he goes zero for zero as long as he stays healthy in that game? Yeah, I would think that's the case. Look, the Rams' offense looks broken compared to what we think they are. Remember Jared Goff? I'm starting to forget. How much much of his contract is guaranteed? Like $107 bucks. That's a lot, isn't it? Feels like a lot to me. It feels like a lot. Yeah. Feels like a lot. Uh, yeah. So, you know, that's, that's a tough one here. And, and, you know, you have to ultimately trust in Sean McVay and his staff to get this figured out. I believe ultimately they will. But, uh, given Brandon Cooks, uh, and his absence, uh, you know, from the, uh, from the team, like, you have to believe that they'll figure out different ways to get Cooper up. It, it appeared as if the Steelers made a, a point. Of we're going to take Cooper Cup out of this game, and so as a result, like they, they, they Gerald Everett, Everett, yeah, Gerald Everett had a nice game. Robert Woods had a nice game. Yeah, I mean the, the Rams' offense just stinks on the road, and the offensive yeah. line just stinks. Period. Uh, Zach Pascal, Matthew, two for twenty six yesterday. Not a great day for the Colts' wide receiver, who we thought would be a clear cut uh, number one option in their passing game. As a matter, terrible day for they lost to the, to the Dolphins. Like the what a they complete, lost to the Dolphins. This is the same. For, I think it's team. the first time since. I want to say it's been a long time. I don't know the exact number, but that three one-win teams won. Yeah, it's the been same, a while. That, this, this far in the, the season. This in the right. season, right. Yeah. I bet Kyle could find a great stat. The Dolphins now have a multi-game winning streak. There are definitely like other Nine and seven teams. the hard way, baby. Well, <laughs> go Dolphins. Right. Uh, Zach Pascal, the Matthew, like kind of Number one pick still in reach for my Washington Redskins. Only the Bengals no, in our way. the Bengals are We can do so, it. Come so on, Redskins. Hail the Redskins. Hail victory. The Bengals totally have that one. They got the a game against Miami, though. Uh, well, uh, they're going to lose that one. Maybe. Maybe not. We'll see. Uh, Zach Pascal, the Matthew, disappointing. Probably a reminder that, like, you know, part of what happens with a player, uh, he's going to be... you get. You must take the good with the bad. He's going to have some atypically strong weeks like last week, and he's going to have some weeks like yesterday where he disappoints. I agree with that. Zach Pascal. Uh, yeah, in the Saints, I mean, Matthew, like, do we just wash away And, and you'll feel yesterday? better about it. By the way, Jacoby Brissett felt he wasn't a game-time decision. He was ruled out on Saturday, but he practiced a decent amount this week. Yeah. Feels like he's close to returning. Yep, has a chance. Brian Hoyer, really disappointed in that game. And the Saints, Matthew, we can be quick here. Disappointing, but, I mean, really? Like, what a weird game. Yeah, it's just a weird game. Alvin Kamara still has eight catches, 15.4 fantasy points. And Drew Brees, I mean, 45 attempts, I'll take that. If he told me 45 attempts at home against the Falcons, 
Sign up for that all day, every day. Every single day. All right, the Dolphins turned to your boy, Kalen Balaj yesterday, Matthew. You got 20 carries for 43 yards and four catches for a robust two yards, 8.5 fantasy points. Does it even matter that he's the starting starter in Miami? No, it doesn't. Like, yeah. it's it's a bummer. I, I You know, he, he has not been good this year, the entire... But in fairness to Kalen Balaj, no one... There has been not been one effective running back. Kenyon Drake wasn't any good behind that Dolphins line. Mark Walton in the short time that he got run didn't do very much either. Like, sure. yeah, Balaj was like whatever. I mean, he got you eight fantasy points in this one. But I will say that I feel a lot, I see a lot of people taking victory laps on Twitter about you know we warned you against Kalen Balaj. Kalen Balaj's ADP was running back forty nine. He wasn't even drafted in 61% of ESPN leagues. Yeah. Like, if you drafted Kalen Balazs, and look, I'll cop to it. Like, I liked him as a sleeper. I thought there was a path to fantasy relevance for Kalen Balazs, which, by the way, there was. Who knew they were going to be this epically bad? I mean, Kalen Balazs is now the starter. He's gotten some run. So he's got an opportunity. He just hasn't done much with it like any Dolphins running back hasn't. So, I mean, whatever. Running back 49. If you la- If you draft him in your last round, whatever. You've been able to drop him and pick him up. It didn't kill you the way that, like, I don't know, drafting David Montgomery did? David Montgomery was drafted as running back 20. Anyone excited about David Montgomery? Like, no, you've gotten, but he's gotten some touchdowns for Caleb you. Lodge is for noobs, man. David you Montgomery won me a board bet what? this week. Did he? Yeah. Who's it against? Me? I was forced into a board bet of David Montgomery being top 20. If you remember, I got, I got shamed into it. Will David Montgomery be a top 20 Who, running back? Did I vote against you? Nope. Mike, is Mike? it me? Yes. I voted against you? Yeah. We do board bets, you and I? You and I did it on Friday, actually. Oh, wow. Nice. Well done. So, and I lost that one? Yeah. Did you lose if David Montgomery was a top 20 running back? I have no idea. I don't remember this board bet. Right. He was running back 34 this week. There you go. Just missed. Well, technically, technically, with two more teams to play tonight. You're right. Oh, wait. No, no, wait. No, that goes the other direction. Yeah, it doesn't work that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kalen Balaj's role does not matter to us right now. The he Dolphins. could be running back thirty-seven after after <laughs> Coleman, Brita, and Carson. <laughs> Here's and who matters. knows? Maybe Rashad Penny gets gets lucky on a play. Gets or something in the like end that. zone twice. Yeah, um, Here's what does matter to me though for the for Dolphins? They're playing hard. They're playing really hard. Brian sure. Flores, trust that man. But Juju, I'm just a, there are a number. I just want to make this one last point, and then we can move on. It's unbelievable to me the amount of other fantasy analysts that are taking victory laps on dumping on Kalen Balaj. And you're like, he was running back 49. Dude, I mean... I, it's unreal to does me. Does anybody hear me talking about the fact that I had Marcus Mariota outside my top 25 quarterbacks this year? I nailed that one, huh? There you go. So, nice job. Yeah, exactly. nailed it. Exactly. I, you know, I mean, it's, it's All right, Juju Smith-Schuster. I know, I know. I said don't draft Eli Manning. Woo! Oh, yeah! yeah like, yeah. it's like... Come on, man. Like, how, at how some far point, down your, uh, that's stand. right. I shot some fish in a barrel. Boom. Juju Smith-Schuster, three for 44 yesterday, Matthew. Man. Um, Juju, no longer Juju. No more than three catches in five of his past seven games. He's been held under 7.5 fantasy points. Do you in want to boo-boo, boo Juju? Games. Sure, sort of. I don't know. Um, I'm just going to boo Juju. Um, benching him? You're benching Juju Smith-Schuster. Oh, benching boy. Juju. Top 10 in terms of ADP coming into this season yeah. amongst wide receivers. He's wide receiver 55 on a per-game basis since week four. He's been held under 7.5 fantasy points in three of the last four. Yeah. yeah. He plays at Cleveland this week on a short week. Um, I'm hanging tough with him. Oh, God, boy, he's been so brutal. And the passing game's brutal. This I is mean, But look at their schedule. On, though. I I, 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 at Cleveland, I at Cincinnati, home to Cleveland, at Arizona. I would have to, and I would actually love to hear from people that might actually follow the Steelers day to day. The Squealers, incre- yeah. the Squealers, incredibly closely day to day. Excuse me, sorry, Allison. Um, it feels like the formula right now on defense is let's make sure that we do everything in our power to not allow Juju to be the passing game threat that beats yeah. us. And if you're going to get one down the field, the James Washington or Deontay Johnson, Johnson, yeah, we'll live with that. It because right now Juju, but I, I think Juju for this week. He will not be inside my top 30. I'll tell you that much. It's hard to argue. I mean, like, the, it's... Why would you? The, the, the reason why you would is because you remember what kind of talent this kid has. I know. That you, you know, but... I know. Like... They've been neutralized. They have been neutralized significantly. It's tough. It's a very tough one. We'll talk more about where he well, I mean, ranks we should, You know Thursday what we should night. do? And we can do this tomorrow because I know we're running short on time. We should do a... Uh, we should do it. Oh, we could do it real quickly. No, you don't want to do it? I was going to do a name game on Juju. 
No? Get on mic. I think we'll do it tomorrow. All right. Well, unless you want to cut some of these other topics, which I'm happy to do. But we're just running short on time. We can do Juju. We just haven't prepared one for you. All right. We'll, we'll prepare one. Find a good uh, name game tweet. It is yeah. Veterans Day, Secret Squirrel, so I will I will heed your wishes. Oh, I appreciate that, seeing as how you work for me. Thank you for letting that happen. I don't. Well. Well. Do I work for you? I, I don't. By the way. I don't think you want that because I don't think I'm a particularly good reflection on you. I like like if if a if a boss if if some of a boss's self worth is you know what his employees you know do and produce and everything like that. Like I don't think I'm a particularly good reflection on you. I think you're a great reflection on me, Matthew. Oh, you're very sweet. Thank you very much. You guys look a lot alike. When you yeah. say reflection. Okay. Wow. Well, uh, I thought he meant up my bald head. Right. Yeah. You know, so I, like got I a can see myself forehead. when I look at you. Yeah. Fair. Joe Mixon yesterday fair. had 114 yards rushing. Against Dude. the Ravens. Does it matter, Matthew? Or was this like the inverse junk time? Like they were getting their butts kicked so much that they actually got rushing yardage, not passing yardage. It matters, and it matters for this reason. Okay. So Giovanni Bernard got banged up in this game. Yep. So that's helpful. The rare, you know what happened? To the, they actually ruled him out, and then they declared him doubtful to return. Yep. And then they actually brought him back into the game. Right. Trending upwards, baby. How's that for a fantasy trend? How about the Bengals? Yeah. Here's why it matters. Because you should immediately sell Joe Mixon for whatever you can get. Oh, okay. Fair That's enough. what I'm saying. Hey, listen, 30 carries, 114 yards, 17 fantasy points. He caught two balls for 37 yards. Joe Mixon's back, baby. Sell, 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 sell. I'm with, if you can get anything. I mean, anything for anything Joe Mixon. Anything of, of value. Yep. Yeah, listen, but you're, if you've, if, if you've been slogging through with Joe Mixon so far, you have to feel encouraged. Does he have a rushing touchdown this year? Uh, one. I feel like he does. He might have one. Thirsty Kyle's going to look that up. I know he has that short receiving touchdown. Right. But I, ugh, man. I feel like he has one rushing touchdown. Wow. Impressive. But he's been, he's been I'm trying to think if there's been a bigger non injury related bust than Joe Mixon. Um, I mean, Juju's up there. I, I think Mixon's been worse than Juju, though. Because at least you can, I mean, Juju's had a, I mean, it'd be interesting to see. I would think, by the way, he has zero rushing touchdowns. I bet yeah. he leads the NFL in terms of rushing attempts without a rushing touchdown this year. I'm sure Kyle can confirm that uh, for a later time. But um, I think it's the biggest bust. Yeah, for sure. Got to be. Got to be. He, I mean, he is. Um, last one here, Matthew, is what's the deal with Stephon Diggs? Stephon Diggs know. last night, three, ca- three catches for 49 yards. Now, they won that game. But look at his wide receiver finishes over the past six games. Right. 52, 1, 8, 12. 81, and as of right now, 39. And no Adam Thielen in this game, and so, and they moved the ball effectively. Now, like, and by the way, a lot of his production, a lot of the production that led him to be wide receiver 39 heading into Monday Night Football was on a crazy catch that was originally ruled incomplete and they had to review it. And then, right. I mean, it was, if he didn't, if he doesn't make an unbelievable catch, like on his back with one hand, like, it's even worse than it is. And so it's super weird. Like, look, I mean, but they, like, they, they gave him an end zone target last night. Like, he almost came down with it. And, you know, it was just weird. You know, Kyle Rudolph, what are the odds that Kyle Rudolph catches two touchdowns? And a two point conversion. And a two point conversion. My war room team is happy about it. I'm sure. Oh, did you, <laughs> you played Rudolph again? Yeah. Look at you. Go, we're, we're go, Irish twins. Heavyweight bat with Adam Schefter. Right oh, now, so. goodness. Well, listen, Scott Clark rolled me like a piece of dough. Like, it, I had a horrible game. Like, I've, you know, every single guy on my team didn't show up. Jalen Samuels, Todd Gurley, like, Stefan Diggs. None of those guys. Evan Ingram was out. Darren Waller, you know, wasn't, wasn't great either. So all my guys didn't show up, but it didn't matter. Uh, Scott Clark, Scott Clarked me. Like, cause he had, he had the Ravens defense. He had Mark. He got four. He got more touchdowns from the Ravens defense and his tight end than my entire team had. Wow, like, I mean, impressive. I had Stefan yeah. Diggs. Like, it just Scott's got. He's been ravaged by injuries, of right? Late, but he's got a very good team. He does. As he always indeed. does in the war. By but, the way, yeah, but literally beat me like one seventy five to seventy five. Okay. Like every single guy on my team did not left tonight? show up. What? Do you have anybody left tonight? Uh, no, I don't. Like, okay. I'm done. So you're done. Okay. Oh, I mean, like I was just saying, like you know, Jason Myers could knock forty two field goals in. Last thing, and I have a, uh, Daniel has some notes from us, but I need someone who follows Colorado State football to tell me something. Okay. They had Preston Williams, BC Johnson, and Michael Gallup in the same receiving group at one time. Did yeah. they score like a hundred points a game? How do they not, how do they not win more games? How was I not more aware oh. of the fact that a Colorado State football team had three future NFL wide receivers? All right, Daniel, hit the drop.
ESPN Radio, breaking news. A little bit of news right now. NFL Network reports that Austin Hooper is going to miss some time. He's actually having an mm. MRI on his knee today. Oh Hooper, who has been outstanding this year. And, and who you believe will be a very rich man yeah, I, I keep saying it. If he does not receive the franchise tag, I think Austin Hooper will sign the largest contract in NFL history for a tight end. Depending on whether he does it before or after George Kittle's eventual extension with the 49ers. I think Kittle will reset the market. Um, but yeah, I think Cooper's going to be super rich. Um, he has got a knee issue, Matthew, which could cost him some time. Um, so there are a couple of components here. One, we don't know, like, is it a major knee issue? Is it a minor knee issue? Sure. Um, it's week 11. And I, I'm not suggesting that Austin Hooper is not competitive enough to not want to be out there, but you might be thinking for the future a little bit here if you're Austin Hooper. Like, yeah. let's say it's a four-week injury. Just say it is, right? Get you to week 15. Like, are you going to say, like, yeah, I'll be back out there week 16, 17 if your team is something like, you know, four and 10? It's a lost season for the Atlanta Falcons, to your point. He's going to be a free agent. Why wouldn't you, you wouldn't blame the player for wanting to be wanted to be safe yep. to play it safe and be he's cautious one on a per game basis here too, this too he's, he, been he's been nothing so it's a significant injury in the world of fantasy football not just it. only for the falcons and their passing attack but for fantasy football you, you, you downgrade matt ryan a little bit here doesn't feel like there's anyone on the falcons that you immediately feel good about going out and picking up no no player immediately that comes to mind from the in-house options for atlanta so let's look at some of the names outside and uh, some of these names are already on the waiver column for ESPN.com. That'll be yep. out later on today. But right, and you write the you write free agent fines. Yep. So uh, why don't you go ahead? We covered you, some ground here. OJ Howard. We talked sure. about my number one ad of the week. I think if I had to pick one up amongst tight ends, I'm trying to think who I had as number one. Jack Doyle has got, I believe, six straight games with at least three catches. So not a ton of upside there with Jack Doyle, but the consistency is worth noting. We talked about Vance McDonald. He's available at 55. Uh, excuse me. We talked about. O.J. Howard, available in about 55% of leagues. Vance McDonald, also available in 55% of leagues. How did Jack Doyle, I'm seeing on the screen, he's a 48% available. As of this morning, he was 45.4%. So maybe things have changed with rolling waivers or something. Yeah, he's up to 51.3% rostered. That's weird. I checked it this morning. He's at 45%. I'll take him off the waiver wire then. Um, There you go. In any event, Kyle Rudolph, we just talked about him. Matthew, 64% available. Mike Kosicki, Available in 87% of leagues. No obvious great options here, Matthew. There is no great tight end option, but certainly something to consider because Hooper has been the rock star of your team if you play in fantasy football. Well, I'll give you one guy that's coming, that, by the way, that's been really good. And I don't have the stats up the top of my, but we talked about him on fantasy football now. And that's Noah Fant, who has, Noah Fant has gotten, since Emmanuel Sanders has been traded to the 49ers, Noah Fant has actually had uh, a, a tremendous amount of, uh, uh, a really nice target share routes run for the Denver Broncos. So Noah Fant, I think, becomes kind of interesting if you're sort of, you know, um, searching down there. Darren Fells of the Houston Texans, who's available about Touchdown 70% maker. of leagues. Like, yeah. he's been, he seems to have really kind of separated himself from Jordan Aikens there in the, in Houston and the Texans, obviously, they're off a bye. They're at the, um, they're at the Ravens, however. Uh, maybe Chris Herndon, who um, came back. Yeah. Played, limited I, yesterday. So limited. I wonder if that one might be a few more weeks. The only the only reason I mentioned Herndon, they play the Redskins this week. I know, but again, I, like if he's not even if he's like a barely even a part time yeah. player, it's hard to have any you know major investment in him. Right. And then of course, uh, you know, well, I was going to say Do- Dallas Goddard, but they're playing the they're playing the Patriots. You don't love that. He's a, he's a co starter too. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. Tough so news it's, here it's on Austin Hooper. We'll get into it more because I imagine we'll have some updates later on today on the exact timeline for Austin Hooper, who has been yep. a legitimate stud so far this season. And uh, speaking of the Atlanta Falcons, by the way, this came actually Fantasy Life app alerted to me this about forty five minutes ago. So apologies that I missed this. I put my phone down during the show, but. Um, uh, Devontae Freeman initially diagnosed with a foot sprain, source said, and he'll have an MRI today to determine the extent of it. So, uh, we'll find out what the results. That's from NFL Network. So, okay. uh, we will, uh, we will see what happens with Devontae Freeman and the results of that MRI. So okay. we should know the status of him, at least heading into waivers. Bad luck for the Falcons continues. Good thing they got that win yesterday to help change the tenor of their season. We're back tomorrow with all the latest on injury updates, a recap of the much-anticipated San Francisco-Seattle game tonight. We've got more stuff here, Daniel. I'm also really excited about tomorrow. Not only is it your free agent finds column, yes. but Disney Plus. Disney Plus oh, comes out that's right. tomorrow, oh, so make sure that. you're ready for that, baby. Disney Plus, Disney a great Plus. gift, great thing for yourself. 
um, it's so much good content there. I I will say I'll just say this for myself. Like, and no one has asked me to say anything. Like, this is not a company man kind of thing. I will. Um, uh, I I remember the uh, the at the ABC Disney upfront, yeah. Jimmy Kimmel, which is a great joke. He says, "Listen, Disney Plus, you can either pay us seven bucks a month or you can raise your kids yourself." Which is a great joke. <laughs> just an unbelievable joke. But the truth is, I mean, that when you think about you know, uh, Pixar, Star Wars, Marvel. Avengers Endgame, Loaded. starring a familiar face, Loaded. by the way, available yeah. on Disney Plus. Uh, just you know, uh, National Geographic, obviously Disney as well. Tons of original series. Like for somebody who like me, who's a MCU fanatic, I'm very excited about all the original series that are coming on. Like they've got ones with Loki and Falcon and Winter Soldier and uh, you know, uh, Scarlet Witch and Vision. And so I'm very excited about about that. But like, there is something for everyone. I cannot wait. Like seven bucks a month. Take my money and uh bob Iger did announce by the way this is the part that's a company man bob Iger did announce that eventually there will be a bundle that you can buy that will get you disney plus hulu and espn plus so you can decent the, so you can enjoy the fantasy show with myself and daniel dopp that's right for i believe 15 dollars a month yeah i think it's 13 is it 13 yeah, 12.99 a month 12.99 a month 13 bucks so as basically espn plus is five bucks a month Disney Plus is seven bucks a month. So in essence, basically you get Hulu for a dollar. That's right. And, and on Disney Plus, you can stream up to four simultaneous streams. So it's like you and your kids and your wife and someone away at college could all do that. Plus it's, or your neighbor that steals it. Right. Exactly. And for me, like I just, this is a, this is a nerdy thing, but like everything is going to, not everything, but they have a 4K and HDR capability, which as somebody that like really likes, you know, you have a nice TV or something like that. You're able to have all that. So I like it. That's awesome. Anyway, yeah. So happy Disney Plus Day. That is tomorrow. Very excited about that. Like I am, I am legit excited about Disney Plus, and that has nothing. That's not. That's not company man talking. That is just like fanboy nerding out uh, talking yeah, right man. there. Disney Plus, take your opportunity to sign up for it now. We will talk to you guys on Tuesday. A uh, new episode of the Fantasy Show with ESPN Plus. And me and Daniel Dopp will be out later today. Thank you, Allison, and thank you, veterans. Peace out. Says he loves college hoops and talking tribe. Like Shefty and Secret Squirrel, he's a two phone guy. If you're looking to start a bowling league, he already has a team. The editor of all our fantasy. Your home is important. That's why GEICO helps make it easy to save on homeowner's insurance. Because home is more than just a place. Home is where you build a giant pillow fort in your living room. And when people ask why you have a pillow fort in your living room, you say it's for your dog. And when they ask, well, what kind? You say, uh, chocolate lab? And we have a web of lies that's almost as intricate as the crown molding in Fort Pillow. The GEICO Insurance Agency could help protect the pillow soft fortress you call home. Call GEICO and see how easy it is to switch and save on homeowner's insurance.